Oh, this kid is handsome. <laughs> Frank is so good. I love that movie. I mean, for like late nineties, like teenager, this guy's a heartthrob. Yeah, he's great. Welcome to episode twenty of Off the Crossbar. MLS is, this... is back. Kyle, MLS sorry, real is back. quick, not to interrupt. Is this movie about rollerblading? Yeah, it absolutely is. Sorry <laughs> for those of you who cut in on our personal conversation, but we were talking about Brink, and the reason we were talking about Brink is because I have a center part in my hair because I've gotten a haircut since January, and I don't have anywhere else for my hair to go. And Trevor said, "That's that's quite the center part. Who are you trying to look like? It's like full Dawson's Creek." center part and i was like it's actually the movie brink center part because that's who i'm trying to look at look at so then we were just looking at pictures of brink uh the famed roller yeah it's about rollerblading it's about the team teams team uh so it's the soul skaters against team x blades and uh team x blades rules and everybody knows that so uh but the soul skaters went out because they're the good guys i'm sorry i'm spoiling a movie from 1999 but that's what happened 98 Eight, sorry, the Soul I Skaters. don't have a reason to watch this movie now. It's really good. You don't, but uh, you do because it's incredible. Hang on, um, we're going to check to see if this is on Disney Plus. It is. MLS is back. Ba-ba. MLS is back. Ba-ba-ba. You can look to see if uh, Kyle's reviewed this on. I, <laughs> oh, I got. Sorry, I got to do something real quick. I don't think I have. That's not something I, I wouldn't have. I never would have thought of looking up le- linked or excuse me, Brink on Letterboxd. I almost said linked on Bredderboxed. Oh, that'd be pretty good, though. What's my password to Letterboxed? Uh, oh, I got I, it. You told me once, but I've forgotten. <laughs> uh, That's not true. We we pack, practice a strong password security, and we're, unlike most podcasts, not sponsored by any of the major providers of security software. So. Oh, I only gave Brink three stars. Strong Secure, sorry, I'm typing on my phone and talking at the same time. We do not do that. <laughs> Whatever you just said, Matt. We do. We used to have a podcast um, Twitter account. And oh the, the password for that Twitter account back in the day was Jesus Christ. All lowercase. <laughs> did That's Jason it. That's do that? Of, yeah, I think so. Of course Jason did that. Dude, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty Jason. Yeah. Anyway. He also got that account banned, as you may have seen on Twitter this week. So. Oh my gosh, did he really? <laughs> yeah, It so once his account was banned and the podcast was kind of on you know, its three-year hiatus. He started using that, that's right. Yeah, it, yeah, it transitioned just hijacked it. And, and then, of course, uh, he impersonated somebody, probably Grant Wall. <laughs> no, and, I don't uh, think he ever actually got in trouble for Grant Wall. I think it was like, a, it might have been a Paul Tenorio it- or... He got me that one time with Jason Christ. That was I'm just so mad. Something. Yeah. He got some people today pretending to be Barry Weiss. <laughs> just did, funny. did he do that today? Oh yeah. It was good. Oh, I missed it. Um that's too bad. Yeah. To so what's going on, guys? It's social hour, it's the witching hour, it's late, it's, it's a late night. Yeah, um, we're recording this after ten PM. This is this is a post tenor. Uh Trevor, what's what's new with you now that you've finished the, the game? Things are probably very different than they were last week. Yeah, I, we talked about this. I finished the game last week. It's a good game. Yeah, I know. I so what have you been doing really since then? <laughs> oh, since then. I thought you were asking yeah. about the game. Does again. life still have meaning? Life still has meaning because I... 
this is the problem. We talk about got this, a daughter. The, the <laughs> only thing that I talk about on this podcast is video games that I'm playing. Yeah. I don't I don't play video games that much, but I did start playing mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Odyssey again. And nice. we're playing through the uh first DLC, Legacy of the First Blade, which so far is boring. Interesting. But I never got whole, into those games. Uh, I love them. Odyssey's for sure the best Assassin's Creed. Okay. Um, and it's it's very good, but the first DLC is not that great. Second one's really good though. I actually played that one first. All right, that's well, that's, that's good to it. know. Maybe one I, day when I go back through the Assassin's Creed backlog, I'll. <laughs> There's yeah, several Assassin's Creed games that you should for sure just skip. Don't even worry about them. How many one, are there? Two, three. Oh, dude, four. there's like 15 of them. Are you kidding really? me? Wow. There's, I, that's Ridiculous. a made-up number, but there are way too many. They've got... 15 is not a made-up number. <laughs> You're right, 15. 11 <laughs> billion is that's a made-up a number. number. <laughs> what I meant to say, Matt, was that I oh. used a number that was not the actual number. I made up a stat about the total oh. number of Assassin's Creed uh, games. So gotcha. you lied. I did... I... um. What's the, yeah, sure. Sorry, I just had to practice some gotcha journalism on the pod today. <laughs> Nicely done. Thanks. Um, let's see. So, uh, speaking of gotcha journalism, I'm watching a lot of West Wing lately. We're like, I, yeah, we, we, we talked about that last week. I know, but you mentioned gotcha journalism, and <laughs> gotcha, CJ Craig just had like two or three episodes in a row that were all about oh, her putting spin on some story that I don't know. Anyway. See, got, this is what happens when got, we don't got. record every other week. And it's we record it's too similar. <laughs> yeah. We just do the same episode every time. Well, okay. So Carly and I were super sick. Carly was very oh, sick. No. This, yeah. So we thought we had coronavirus. Oh. So since last episode and this episode, we had a extended coronavirus scare. I think Carly gets when she gets sick, she gets like really sick and she like oh, no. was like stuck in bed and I was feeling pretty awful too. feeling good today, though. So we're good. Um, got another coronavirus test, which those are fun. Um, yeah. But I started rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender and I haven't which watched one? it since I was. I I started rewatching that awful movie that M Night Shyamalan made, Trevor. That's the one. I just rewatched that over and over because it was so good. <laughs> no, that movie was horrific. That like I can't even. Out of all the movies ever made that were supposed to like follow a TV show, which I don't even know if there are that many, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's literally the worst. It's like one of the worst movies ever made. Um. But anyway, I'm watching the animated series. I was on Nickelodeon. And <laughs> as a kid, I probably missed a bunch of episodes because like as a kid, when you didn't know when I didn't know when shows were coming on and like I didn't I didn't have TV guide and I didn't I, I had Nickelodeon, but I didn't know like they would only do like three Avatar episodes in a row. And then when would the next one come on? And who knows if I'd ever see him. So uh rewatched it uh or started rewatching last week i'm already into the third season um what a show it's it's just magnificent and matt uh you and your wife and i just had a little exchange on twitter where i learned that you refuse to watch the show i don't fi- refuse to watch it i you're, just you refuse to finish I just, it i just haven't finished it yet I will. where are you in the show uh late season two i think nice it's i honestly love that show so much um have you seen it trevor can I tell you something that's going to surprise you? 
Oh my. Yes. <laughs> no, I haven't seen a ah, second okay. of that show. It's so good. It's on Netflix Not- right now. Neither one, the actual good one or the actual terrible one. I haven't seen either of them. I just love asking people which one they're watching. <laughs> we start talking because every single time anybody that's talking about watching either of those ones loves to hate on M Night Shyamalan's version. They, it's just, oh, it, it's. I don't even love. It. I I wish it were better. I saw it at midnight when I I was so excited. <laughs> I, I yes, I'm dead serious. I my brother. <laughs> guy. Yeah, I love I loved it as a kid, and so when it came out. I was really excited. Um, and I saw it at midnight with my brother and one of our friend, two of our friends. Boy, that was the most depressing ride home. We had to go to McDonald's oh, yeah. at like two a.m. to cheer us up, and wow, what a what an awful show! So mainly just been doing that actually. <laughs> that's and hanging out with Carly, and that's it. And we're you guys on the mend though. Yes, okay. both both very much better today. I never got too bad, um, but she's better today, and. Okay. is able to, to go to work tomorrow so not that you know uh she should have to since there's that whole pandemic thing going on but it's cool it's fine i guess you know boy yeah. looking at the rating of the last airbender on that on on letterbox and boy that poster was so bad i should have known then 2010 i wasn't wasn't that young wow somebody gave it four stars who i follow that's embarrassing um Wait, like how old were you in 2010? Uh, nine, eight, uh, 17, 17. Wow. So that movie has an average of 1.2 stars. Boy, that's bad. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's great. Well, that po- that poster is really bad. It's really bad. Um, yeah, this is uh, one of my just due to I follow on Letterbox gave it four stars and I am astonished. Wow. I think I might have to unfollow him because he's serious too. That sucks. Um, anyway, uh, Matt, what's new with you, my friend? <laughs> Any more gardening updates? Yeah, I've got s- several gardening updates actually, yes. and then uh, I even have a video game update. Wow, and a Star Trek update. So we'll pack it all in in a short time. Uh, first, I'm getting a bunch of squash from my garden. Uh, not too much that I can't handle them, but it, I'm sure at some point it'll reach that. But I've had squash like every night with dinner. Wow. And it's amazing how much better it is when you pick it small because it doesn't get mushy and weird. And Interesting. It's just delicious. Um, let's see. I've picked a few tomatoes. They've started coming in um, and ripening slowly. Um, so we'll see. You know, they were they were good, not quite 100 percent ripe, but I had to eat them day of because they're my first tomatoes of the year, at least. Yeah, I think yeah. ever. Uh, so those are my two gardening updates. Uh, Star Trek update, the trailer for uh, Star Trek Lower Decks, the animated series they're doing now uh, came out and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but you could put like the word Star Trek on a rock and I would buy it. So. You know, yes, take, you take would. my words with a grain of salt. <laughs> uh, and then on the video game front, so I'm still playing too much FIFA, but that's about to stop. Same. Um, because Story of Seasons uh, Friends of Mineral Town comes out tomorrow on the Switch. It's a, wow. I don't even know what that uh, is. So, so the old Harvest Moon games. Oh, it's right. A, okay. It's a remake of one of those Friends of Mineral Town. I was reading. And, uh, I saw somebody tweeting about this. That wasn't you, oddly. 
Yeah. Anyway, it, it comes to my house tomorrow, and uh, we won't I see you. I suspect I'll be. No, you'll see me. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, but then I'm going camping this weekend, so uh, you guys are gonna have to narrate me through the game over. Uh, I'll try to call you from the Uintas or Wasatch Mountains or wherever we are. Yeah, I was thinking about going camping this weekend too. I just don't know which day. Um, the game's Friday, right? Yeah. Okay. Friday date thirty, I think. Yeah. So let's 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 talk some footy, boys. Let's <laughs> you know let's talk about some soccer. That's why we're all here, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is this the? This isn't the first episode where we've talked about actual soccer, but it's the first in like, yes, like four a months. Bit. Three okay, months? first of all, first of all, I listen to Natum's podcast a lot. I've, I caught up on some episodes. It's really great. But one, he played. He was on the same team as Demarcus Beasley, and was it? Was it? It was. Like, wait, I can't remember what club it was. Um, I'll look it up while you're talking. <laughs> it was like they, they intersected for a year, and uh, oh, it was Manchester City. Uh, Beasley was there for a minute. Weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On loan um, from PSV. Yeah, his interview was really good. Um, and but his more his more recent interview was with Jordan Henderson, captain of Liverpool Football Club, and recent winner mm. of the Premier League and Champions League and UEFA Super Cup and World Cup Club World Cup. Mm. Um. But it was so funny. Like, Natum was giving him such a hard time because he was just giving, like, the most professional, like, f- answers. But they're, like, friends and stuff. Anyway, it was really funny. Um, I wish we should try to get Natum on is what I was going to. I just want to talk to Natum so bad. I honestly think we should try. Do you think you'd talk trash on uh, the Rival Pod? I would hope so. And also... We have a way better mic setup than any of the, his guests. They're always like calling him. Like his Sturridge interview was so funny and great, but it was like Daniel Sturridge was like on FaceTime, I think, and it sounded awful, but it was amazing. So he should uh, hire us to consult with him, or we we could do it pro bono, right? For for Daniel Sturridge is like a music producer too, which is way funny that oh, really? he, yeah, but he just called in with his phone. So um, yeah, that's what Daniel Sturridge is up to these days. Uh, oh. But anyway, MLS is back. Ned's not yeah. there, but MLS is back. RSL is back. And you, have you guys been watching game bubble games? No. Okay. I watched uh, <laughs> I watched RSLs and I've watched highlights and nice. bits and pieces of other ones. But yeah, I the watched, other ones take, are very low priority for me. Mm-hmm. I've watched the RSL game and I've watched a couple of the Royals games. I'm actually... Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, somebody pointed out that who was it? it was nick um salt city nick on twitter pointed out that this past weekend we had uh royals started at eight rsl started at eight thirty, and now the next stage of the nwsl tournament royals are playing houston at eight o'clock and rsl is playing the same night at eight thirty. Mm. which i know that like nobody planned that but it's a so small conspiracy. I know it sucks. Yeah, um, it just feels Nick had so that set RSL up with two TVs. for that to happen. I know it really is. Nick had anyway. that really funny setup where they had two TVs in their living room, but um, with each game going. But yeah, so I've been watching. One of the funny things about MLS is that we have a contract with ESPN, uh, Fox, and TUDN, which I think is I don't. Is that Univision now? Is that what it turned yeah. into? Okay. Yeah. Univision Deportes Network, I think. 
tele, tele yeah okay yeah, so it is Spanish English. language so it's funny that we have these three different tv broadcasts the fox one has fake crowd noise but the other two don't <laughs> and so it's really weird going from like on the like if they have two in the same day like fake crowd noise for one game and then another i've been watching a bunch of them because this is my full-time job and i take soccer podcasting very seriously <laughs> and uh your uh, your movie podcast will take off and then yes. you won't have to hang with yes, us yes but... absolutely um but yeah i've three so i've been watching a bunch of these games which it's still really weird watching them. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's the camera angle strange. Um, the quality of play has actually been surprisingly good. I better. It's easier to watch than I was expecting. Yeah. Does as anyone as, agree? Uh, yeah, I agree. As far as quality of play, um, I agree. As far as MLS's weird results happening, like DC United going down a man after being 2-0 down and then scoring two goals in the last 10 minutes like that's a very mls thing to happen yeah the games have been ridiculous um has coronavirus though has anyone has did anything happen since nashville got sent home too like has have any players gotten it or anything is everything good the latest from stage goal is that uh and mls actually is that uh there have been no new reports of cases in, in from teams inside the bubble which is great um, and then it sounded like one new case from one of the two teams outside the bubble. Oh, uh, okay. Well, oh, that's there was pretty that... good case scenario for inside the bubble then. Yeah, there was that Toronto good. and DC thing that happened. I think that yeah, happened what, between the last pod. What was that? So they had um, a player on Toronto that I believe tested positive and then a player on DC that tested inconclusive. And that was like the night before their 9 a.m. Mm. game. So they like got tested and then it was like very early in the morning um, that they realized that those are the test results. And so Toronto ended up going to the stadium because I think they thought the game was still on and DC was told that Mm. it wasn't. So they didn't. And then, yeah, they ended up postponing it for, I think, two days to wait for more test results. And they did. They retested. um, From what I understand, they retested the whole team, but specifically the two that tested positive and presumptive positive mm-hmm. or inconclusive. And then they both came back negative on the second round. And so I think they're like, that... okay, the game can go on. So then they played yeah. the game two days late. And that was, I think that was the second time that they had to um, postpone it though. Cause I think there was a weather delay for the first time too. Yeah, there was. Weird. So that game had already been postponed before <laughs> it was postponed again. <laughs> Speaking of uh, coronavirus tests, um, if you can, if you have to take one, go to the university of Utah because Carly's Carly went to Intermount Healthcare and it took like four days, three days or four days. And my university Utah one took less than 24 hours. So, Oh, that's great. So Good for all of you COVID heads out there, if you have to take a test, God bless, uh, go to the U cause it's a lot faster. Um, so yeah, over the weekend, the, uh, the, the old boys in Claret and Cobalt played except we were wearing our white jerseys but you know white and like digital <laughs> glitch di- digi yeah, camo jerseys yeah. and you we guys won not li- we've been over this do you guys not like those shirts i don't, I don't know. know i don't think i do i don't know it's like it's fine i i think both of our jerseys aren't great what is our red i i can't remember what our other one looks like now that was the new one this year isn't it yeah it 
Oh, it's the, it's the it's the three stripe with the it's the topic topic topograph oh, topographical right, right. map. Oh, it's that's like the, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that everybody either hated or loved, and I was very much like, eh. are jerseys next yeah. to each other? I'm looking at the white one next to the red one. It looks very messy. The two of them next to each other. I don't that like makes it. Sense. It's like I just want that classic Timbers jersey that they had with the collar the and the gold cuff. collar. Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. So good. Um, but anyway, we had an owner that was mouthier on Twitter about. Oh yeah, that's right. We should briefly talk about how the game, how the Monarchs did play in front of fans last week. Oh Um, yeah, it was in the middle of it was the middle of the Saturday, and it was really hot, which also impacted the lack of people there. But the people who were there were all moved into the shade together. So yeah, like the pictures that I saw, like they were talking all about before the game. They're like, we're going to maintain social distancing. We're going to have people Mm -hmm. there that maintain social distancing. And then there were people there that were like, Hey, look at all these fans. And they shook cause they were all on the West side in the shade, which yeah, from a weather standpoint makes sense. But like they were in groups together on the, and it was like, okay, so what's the point guys? Like, Congrats for having hand sanitizer around, but like you're missing the whole point of this whole thing. You should have hand sanitizer around regardless of a pandemic, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah. For general public health. That's for sure. I feel like one of the things that's definitely going to come out of this pandemic is just hand sanitizer is just going to be ubiquitous for the rest of our lives. Everywhere. I also want to keep wearing masks because I feel like a ninja. But um, (laughs) yeah, it was weird, and like Deloy's response after was really weird. Yeah, it was about um, courage for him, right? It... Yeah, yeah, so he yeah. was asked. I, I don't know if it was Alex that asked him or whoever asked him. That was like, was like why? <laughs> he was like, well, it sure wasn't for money because which I think is a lie. It sure it wasn't about the money made from that one single game, but it's about yeah. the money in that like he wants to get fans back in the stadium as much as possible, as quickly as possible. So saying it's not about the money, it was a lie. It's just it wasn't about the money from that exact game. He said what it was and it was he wanted to be quote on the forefront of New what? Cases? <laughs> of yeah. Like, I didn't understand like the forefront of proving that you can bring people in during like when it's not really safe. Like, I don't know what he thought he was saying he was on the forefront of because he, was saying he wanted to be on the forefront of like bringing sports back, like sports coming back is this big, huge thing for a lot of people. Yeah. And he wants to be the guy named as like the guy that brought sports back sports in front of fans back which <laughs> like how trump wants to be the great. guy who was like, like the who found the cure by like maybe tossing around the idea of drinking <laughs> cleaning products yeah he just wants to be the guy who gets the credit for it and deloy hansen had the courage to bring sports back when no one when no one could like what's an Except example all of usl right which <laughs> yeah. is even crazier yeah, that like this is some big USL measure to. Yeah, why is bring uh, why is people back? Yeah, bad idea. I mean, and and for for one part, it kind of makes sense, right? For USL to, you know, a lower priority league, uh, to like kind of lead out because they'll have fewer people there. Yeah, I was gonna um, say they but, just don't have that many people that show up together. Yeah, um, yeah. but the problem is it's not the right time. If it were like March, it takes. Sure, USL can go first and kind of yeah. start with a, a small group of people, but uh, that's clearly not what's going on here, and it's very depressing. 
Yeah. Um, and the, the Monarchs lost, right? The game yeah. End. yeah, they lost one nothing to a team that's never played a professional game before. So that's good for the returning champions. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. I think they've played a game or two before, but they're a brand new team. They are a brand new team. So... Got to see Landon Donovan out there. Yeah, the San Diego yeah. Loyal is who... RSL legend Landon Donovan. <laughs> yeah. What I always a world forget about that, that until somebody brings it up, and I just get all, so happy all over again that we yeah. all signed Landon Donovan. I believe Deloy Hansen in comments this weekend uh, said that he was good friends with Landon Donovan. Yes, and I don't know if that's true. Um, <laughs> yes, but I kind of want that was it to such be a true. weird thing to say. Like, why would they be friends? You know for sure that that's not true. He's got that his phone so number. Weird. That's what that means. We're really that good friends. Weird. I've got his phone number because I needed to text him one time. Is he a part be... owner in the loyal? Yeah. Okay. I believe Maybe so. He thinks they're part See, of some I... owner's creed. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if like he and Landon have talked real estate or something. Because that, yeah. that's something that like Nat Borcher is really connected with Deloyan. Oh, back that's in good. the day. Yeah, that's good. It's rich well, getting richer, right? So the other the other boys, our other Claire and Cobalt boys um, yeah. who are wearing white jerseys, we beat Colorado. We freaking this didn't count for the Rocky Mountain Cup, but there was some I mean, Colorado has a lot of new good pieces. They've got a new coach and they have a lot of potential to be pretty good, but we we beat them pretty handily. Yeah. They were thought, they like good. They were terrible. They, they looked quite bad. They did not look good at all. Like they couldn't put anything together. They didn't have didn't seem to have a I'm sure they had a plan, but they didn't put a plan out there that looked yeah. cohesive in any way they, whatsoever. Yeah, they came out pretty hot, but then there were huge stretches of time where we were possessing the ball for like like minutes at a time. It was it was good. So, so you know what's crazy about this is we actually came out behind on the possession charts. Probably yeah, from the, it mainly in the first half we were, right? we were we were killing them, but second half yeah. I could see that balancing that out quite a bit. Yeah, and it's not like they had dangerous possession much, but no. It's an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that is. So, uh, game started pretty, pretty. I think it, I, um, they did they do a moment of silence? I can't remember. Uh, everyone took a knee yeah. right before kickoff. And okay. All that. It was strange yeah. to me. I haven't seen how all of the other MLS teams or NWSL teams have done like their pregame, whatever it is that they've done. But <laughs> the referee like blew his whistle. I thought the game was about because they're all in formation. The referee yeah. blew his whistle. And then they all kneeled down for a minute, and then he blew his whistle again, and then they all stood up, and then he blew his whistle to start the game. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of whistling. It was a lot. Yeah, I've, I've never seen a referee like lead a moment of silence. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of weird. That was like league mandated by the by like the um, by pro referees. Yeah. yeah, that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, so we had a chance super early on. Okay, let's start. But I guess we can talk about the the, the lineup first. Um, sure. Let's see. So Dougie Fresh got the start at center forward. That's just, I think the hot topic is what we're going to be doing in the midfield and the forward areas <laughs> each time. But yeah, started started with Sam Rossi and Miramal on the bench. So we had Dougie Fresh up top. We had Albert on the left wing, and we had um, or sorry, Corey on the left wing and Albert yeah. on the right wing, which is different than how. Uh how we would have done it last year, right? Yes, I think so. Which was was uh, it was it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. So Not Albert fascinating. was playing. I think Albert was playing his actual position that he plays with the international 
team. Yeah, I with think. Slovakia, I believe. He plays right wing. Um, and then Demir playing uh, playing the 10, and then Kyle Which and was Everton. Great. Demir playing the 10 was great. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Demir and Everton, or excuse me, uh, Kyle and Everton, and then obviously our normal defensive line, um, sans Ned, but with Marcelo Silva playing instead. Um, I, Man. Again, I don't know how they're going to eventually. I don't. Is the plan to fit Miram and Rossi into the starting lineup at any point? Do you guys think? I think That's it's really question. hard to say because Rossi, like, in theory, has been fit for a month or two now. Mm-hmm. But also, like, these games are, they're not preseason. I know I've kept saying that, but like, they're, yeah. they don't, like, I don't know how much we can glean from one game. I would like yeah, to yeah. think that Miram and Rossi are probably going to be starters because they should be starter quality. But at the same time, like we talked about when they got here and it seems like they talked about it on the broadcast a lot. They were just talking about how like surprising it was that Justin Miram and Rossi aren't starting. Yeah. But at the same time, they're talking about how they're only getting older and they've been very good players, but they weren't really great the last year or two that they played they weren't up to their usual level so yeah maybe and again this is really early but maybe it's time to realize that Corey baird and albert rusnak might be the best players to start on the wing maybe Eventually. rossi and miram aren't the best players on the team that we yeah would think they are but again we ha- just haven't seen them in an rso uniform enough to have a really yeah. good opinion on the matter but yep they just may not be no. that good anymore <laughs> so so what do you guys we'll think see. of, of uh, Douglas Martinez and his his play during that match? I liked him so much. Yeah. Like he's definitely he... still he's definitely still young, but the way that the team plays with his type of forward is mm-hmm. just way better than we were all of last season and most of the season before that where we actually have a number nine that can play number nine and is playing like a number nine where we don't have yeah. to like fake it with two or three of the I players. I think he's very different than like a Sam Johnson style though, because yeah. um, I, th- Doug, I think Douglas plays the center forward position a lot more like um, Roberto Firmino does for Liverpool, where it's kind of like an inverted nine. He probably isn't going to score a ton of goals. Um but he's like very involved in all of the buildup play. Like I, so when we, when we did score, when Albert, when Albert scored, it was a cross from Douglas who was like way on the wing. He's like, yeah, he moves a ton. I think his work rate's super high. I don't think he's like particularly fast and he's not super strong. I think if he bulks up a bit more, he can probably play that position a bit well, a bit better, but um, he did, he did really well against uh pretty decent Colorado side, at least supposedly. Yeah, I mean, I was singing Lala Sabubakar's praises through most of the match until uh, yeah. he missed a back pass, but, um, <laughs> which was great. Still my favorite yeah. thing from that game. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Martinez's uh, touch touch map on who scored, which is usually where I go for charts these days. It's pretty reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does have a lot out on the wing. Yeah. but But like so much higher up than we usually get players on the wing. So like if we look at Rusnax, um he is you know he he ventures into the attacking third sometimes. Um but Martinez is like clusters in that third, especially on the right side, which is interesting. Yeah. He's got like a, a real cluster there. And I don't know what it means. Probably doesn't mean anything <laughs> in particular, but 
because they're all separate events. But it, yeah. it, it really does show like he was kind of living in those wide positions. Uh, he also had more touches than our forwards have been getting. Uh, you know, 40 touches in an MLS match for a forward is about right. Yeah. For a good forward. And so it's interesting to see him get that. Yeah, especially, I, I mean, I know Sam came in late, but he only had one touch. And I think that is in yeah. like, he didn't have a lot of chances. He, they talked about how he had, you know, nine goals or whatever. And there was a stretch where it was nine goals from 13 shots, I think, all season. Yeah. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so he isn't someone that has a lot of touches, but like Douglas is so much more like involved in like the bill. Uh, yeah, so I mean, if depending on how we want to play, and I think we had speculated before that Sam was maybe going to be leaving this summer anyway, um, and it doesn't seem like we're going to be moving towards a style of play that involves a Sam style center forward. Yeah, kind of that run and gun player, right? Yeah, and like, yeah, it's interesting. It's funny because that's he he really fit the Mike Petke style the you know yeah. break on the counter. Um, he probably watched one too many you know Leicester City games when that's all they did and yeah. won the league. But but yeah, it's it's uh, he he doesn't fit as well in a possession style right now. I'd be curious if he could adapt to that with us. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I have a feeling that he's not going to get the chance. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I like I like the idea of having two different like I do too forwards that just play the game like completely different. I like the idea of being able to play one style for 60, 70 minutes and then just completely switching it. I agree. The the problem is with Sam in particular. Yeah, I don't think Sam is is someone who wants to come off the bench. No, I agree. There's definitely other things to consider, but yeah, Yeah. so. Uh, yeah that i i if he was if he was happy with that type of role i would be very like if we were able to make that switch because matt mentioned it kind of seemed like we were going to do two different types of like attacking unit groups since we had miram rossi and sam on the bench and that who we ended up putting in at the end of the game towards the end of the game um so the game started all in the first half at um, was our penalty in the first half? Was that the second half? Second half. I can't remember. Second half. Okay, so first half, Corey Baird hit the crossbar super early on with a nice link-up play with Demir. Should have buried it, but it's Corey, so <laughs> he gets that <laughs> oh, sometimes. On. It's, it's he, the first game of the season. It, it's fine. I, it was No, sorry. It was, it's the third game of the season. Yeah, okay. So. Demir, Demir looked great in that spot, though, like yeah. you mentioned. Um, super nice. So, and then when we did score, uh, Douglas had a really nice cross in from the side. Um, I think it was sort of, oh, it was, yeah, it was bobbled out right in front of Albert Rusnak, who was just inside the 18, in between the 18, probably about by the penalty spot. And he like went off his shin and then went off a defender, <laughs> off the keeper and then nutmegged a goal uh, defender and went right yeah. in. Like the slowest nutmeg goal I've ever seen. It just like, rattled between the defender's legs and then win. <laughs> it was so funny Very oh nice. my gosh it was so good um and the second half i was let's see first sub was kyle beckerman i believe who was um cramping. Was just, he was cramping but boy he was being like he had this clothesline tackle where he just like put his entire leg in front of someone's like ongoing like pelvis. It was like his whole yeah. like hip legs area just like completely and then didn't get a card. He just yeah. chopped him down. 
Yeah, no, uh, no force behind it, right? It was no, just kind of a, it I'm was just, put my leg here, and then you're gonna trip over it. But. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, he didn't scissor or anything. He <laughs> just like stuck his leg out to be ran into, which is like my favorite part about that tackle. I know it just, just how, was like it was just so bad. Like every part of it was amazing. <laughs> so I, I'd be surprised if Kyle started next game. It's a shorter turnaround Sunday. Wait, Sunday to Friday, I think. I think that's that's almost a normal turn turnaround, right? Yeah, let's um, give or take. Yeah, yeah. day on yeah. each end. Uh, yeah, so but also I, he's I like forty five years old. So I, I honestly think it's we're gonna be see Beasler and Everton. Uh, I think we're gonna see the same thing as last time, but Beasler and Everton, and potentially no Corey for Justin Miram. I think I don't know. Guess we'll see. Um, okay. Who who stood out to you guys in the game? Trevor, go. Oh no! Um, Justin, no, Justin Glad stood out for me. Yeah, just it's mostly Matt Doyle's fault, but he was pointing out. Um, <laughs> yeah, he loves like Justin. He, uh, he loves Justin, and for like good reason. Um, mm-hmm. Justin's a very smart player. He's a very good defender. He's a good passer of the ball, which is a great thing to have from a center back. He's provides good outlets. He finds good outlets. He's just the most solid defender. He's so good, and he got he, 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 he like got caught up on the wings a couple times and played yeah. in like really nice crosses. I think it was probably after corner kicks or something. Yeah, but. like he's just. It's not that like he did anything individually that was like super impressive or like he carried the team or anything like that. It's just he was incredibly good, just like yeah. he's always been. It was as if like he was in midseason form. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, to follow up on like the rest of how it like second half starts, uh, uh, Matt was talking about um, Abu Bakar's like he just there was a back pass <laughs> that he just like that was right to him and he just like left it. He froze thinking thinking it was going faster and right to their keeper um, and it didn't. So then Douglas just like ran up, touched it around the keeper um, got completely wiped out, earned a penalty. Keeper got a yellow, and then um, Albert Rusnak just completely whiffed the penalty. Like, just really, I mean, it was low, but it was barely on either side of the keeper. And he's uh, yeah. who's their keeper? I can't remember. Clint Irwin. Clint Irwin. Irwin. Yeah. Um, Clint Irwin saved it pretty pretty easily, which sucked. And then later in the game. Um, Demir scored a really nice outside of the box goal, but it was while ESPN was interviewing Robin Frazier <laughs> and it was so funny. That. It was so funny. I like, I, I rewatched the highlights today. Just like laugh a little bit because, uh, first it was, it was Alejandro Moreno, who I think is an awful commentator and he's like super awkward personally. And then I think it was, um, Who's the British guy that usually is with Taylor Twelman? I can't remember his name. John, no, Adrian. Uh, what's Adrian Healy? Adrian he- Healy, yeah, yeah, A- not Heath. Adrian Healy, yeah, Adrian yeah, Healy, Healy and and Moran. Yeah, I was thinking Heath, but that's the coach. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So they were just like, "Oh, uh, sorry to have yawn, <laughs> Geo." And then, or wait, no, it's not Geo. It's uh, Robin. who's their coach? Robin. Yeah, sorry to have yawn, yawn, Robin. And then they just cut him off. And then it just showed Demir scoring. It showed the replay for him scoring. And it was like so right good. as they like finished asking him a question. They were like building up and then they like <laughs> tailed off asking this question. Goal. Matt, you should edit in the audio <laughs> from so that because it was so funny. 
It was so good. Just listening to it is so funny. Dang. Okay. Well, anyway. It's funny, but can I just real quick say that, like, middle of the game coach interviews, I thought we were done with that. They're so so bad. Is is that that an American thing? Is it an American American thing? Sure. Like, we stopped doing it, like, two or three years ago because everybody was like, this is dumb. Obviously. And then we brought it back. At least wait till the water break or something. (laughs) Oh, that'd be a good time. Yeah, or like maybe it's half so time weird. What's crazy is the working? next day, the next day it happened again with Portland and L.A., but the goal was called back for offside. But it, uh, and it happened to the same thing, like L.A. scored on amazing. Portland and it was Geo. And um, they were like, oh, my goodness, this happened again. <laughs> they were like already like stressing out about it. But uh, it, and it, this time was on Fox, not ESPN. So they were doing it, too. Um and they the goal was called back, so but they didn't put Gio Savarisi back on, which was funny. Um, they just yeah, but they cut him off just the same. So weird. Um, so yeah, RSL put in. Let's see, Kyle went out first. We have five subs, remember? So Beasler yeah. came in five subs, but it has to be done in three. You, it was only three sub stoppages, so you have to fit five subs into three substitution moves. Yeah, you can also use halftime, I believe. Yeah, half so, yeah, halftime doesn't count as one of the three. People don't do halftime subs, which is unfortunate because I love halftime subs when yeah, I'm playing fine. FIFA. It's great. Um, Miram, Rossi, Sam Johnson all came in uh, and didn't. I didn't think had enough time to really do much. We were winning two zero at this point. Um, I I don't know. Sam got I mean, one touch, like I said. G, uh, um, Rossi, Rossi got like 10. three, right? 10, uh, was it 10? Yeah, they were actually, he, he played kind of an interesting role for me. Um, I was not particularly pleased that he was on so late. Yep. Um, yep. But at the same time, like his play out of possession uh, and his, his craftiness, like actually helped us maintain possession at a time when we weren't. Yeah. Um, which was not what I expected from him as a, in like that forward role. So it was nice. He's very, very good dribbler and, possessor possessor of the ball but um yeah i once we scored the second goal i was less i think was probably around the 70 something minute i was less concerned about getting 76 yeah that was late like at that point we still didn't have those guys in so that's i was really frustrated that it It took it was immediately after that which is really interesting um, yeah to to go up and then put your more dangerous attackers in or more experienced attackers in that's when I didn't even care to have them on because I thought we needed a second goal because it, there were a couple shaky moments. I don't really tr- trust McMath very much yet. Um, yeah. So that was really weird. Uh, I mean, I'm glad they got some time, but it was too late and it was weirdly after we scored the second goal when I thought we should have put them on to try to get that second goal earlier, like sometime in the 60, early 60 minute would be my preference if I yeah. were coach, if I were God Emperor. But I'm not... So we don't do that, but they got on and basically just held the lead. So that was good. Um, So standout players for me, uh, Trevor mentioned Justin, who was great. I thought our our whole defensive line was great. Marcelo Silva was really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought he was, yeah, he had a couple of moments where he was, he was good on the ball, but he's just a beast. Everton, as always, um, Demir Krylock was probably my the best player on the field in my opinion should have had um, an assist for Corey earlier in the game. Um, he's just, he's just great. He's uh, he, it's cool how many positions he can play too. He's yeah. like anywhere in the center. It's he's solid. What about you, Matt? 
So obviously Marcel Silver for me was kind of top. Um, I thought he, he played a, a very good game. He uh, had some cool dribbling moments, which are always uh, terrifying for a defender. <laughs> um, in, in previous, you know, in the last couple of years, I would have thought, you know, he'll, he'll make a mistake. It'll, you know, it'll cost us because it's happened before. Right. Yeah. Um, pretty regularly. Um, but it didn't. And he looked nothing but assured, which was really, really good. Um, the other player I, I'd mention is Corey Baird, uh, who obviously should have done a little better with that shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the amount of work he made their fullbacks do was, I think, really important for how we wanted to play. And it, it gave uh, Douglas Martinez a lot of space to operate, too, uh, because Corey was helping the stretch players out, which I, I think really like made a, a good difference for us. Trevor, Agreed. you look like you're going to say something. No. Or are you going to seize? Nope. He's about to sing Corey's praises as well. Oh, good. Uh, well, I'm waiting for the bad players section. Oh yeah, okay. Let's point. let's talk bad no, players. Trevor, give us your bad players. Aaron Herrera was not good. You didn't like times. Aaron? No, like he. Okay, so I don't know how much of it was Aaron and how much of it was like his role, but there were several times where he pulled forward at bad times and like he was just exposed. They just attacked the space that he left open and it wasn't covered very well, which is probably down to maybe it's just the first game because. Aaron was very, very good about that all last season going yeah. forward and getting back in time that it wasn't. Really He's a very, very fast. I, I remember yeah. he, he does make up for a lot of those mistakes with how fast he is, which is kind of that Olave problem um, that once once you lose a little bit of that speed, then they're exposed for bad positioning. So I remember one time in particular of Aaron getting caught getting caught and just his entire he's he's bulked up a lot but still is just as fast and he just flew down the field and he makes up for it most of the time and he did yesterday because we didn't there wasn't very many dangerous moments for Colorado no there wasn't and I guess I'm saying like the opportunity was there for Colorado because of Aaron sometimes like he wasn't I don't want to say he was like trash because I don't think anybody was actually very bad but Aaron was the one that throughout the game as i was watching he was one that i was going oh come on man yeah like he i did that the most to him and to be honest like i did it like four or five times i'm picking on him but that's the only reason that i am is just because he's the one that i thought made silly mistakes more than anybody else but it didn't hurt us it wasn't we didn't get any goals scored off of it or any real dangerous chances yeah i think most of that's down to the fact that colorado just was not good enough last night yeah so last Two, two nights, two nights ago, ago? whatever it was, whatever they played. I don't know today. Sorry, man. It's on it's Sunday night. Time, no, so hey, you're fine. Um, so another bad player that I think Matt and I probably agree on to an extent. Was yes, Al- we do. Was Albert? And I actually Ruzenak. think it plays into uh, Trevor's thoughts too. I think so too, because Trevor just said, um, "Oh man, I, I can't remember if you said something about uh, a bit of quality or not making like mistakes or something like that," but like. That's kind of the thing with Albert is that I, I don't think he makes I, th- I thought his service yesterday or Sunday was specifically bad. I like every one of his free kicks and corner kicks was bad. And Justin Glad was playing in better passes than he was. But it's not even that really that Albert wasn't making mistakes. It's just that like for being the highest paid player in RSL history, like there's not that bit of quality that you would expect. Like, yeah. 
his his goal was he completely whiffed that goal like he that the fact that that went in was just a matter of how badly he sort of hit it because everyone was astonished that it came off of his shinny that weird way that it did and so that was bad he got an assist to demir but i gotta say demir did all the work on that one and, and that he, was Corey that got the assist there oh was it really no, it was yeah. it was albert did it's he get a, recorded I mean, pull, Corey. Up, pull up the highlights i thought it was albert was coming behind and like made that pass directly to him oh that's interesting because that's part of like him having stats um, i could definitely be wrong but that's what i remember because that's what i tweeted kyle last night yeah he did say that kyle was tripping anyway. by alex and or albert and i pointed out that he had a goal <laughs> and an assist he did um, kyle made several to... very much better points in response so <laughs> oh it was Corey. yeah was it Corey? Right. Yeah, he plays that ball right across. I think I got. I'm I'm at the part where Robin. Oh, Corey won the ball and then just played it right to Demir. He looks right. like Albert in that spot. Yeah, Albert was so trash. That's then. the Sorry. thing, though. Albert was. I mean, even if he did get that that assist, though, like that's just kind of like Albert having, like, he gets a goal and an assist. But I thought he he was the worst. We we played really well as a team, and I was happy with that. I thought he looked to be the worst player on the field, like for the for RSL. So for our, are you, all of our starters. Are you are you saying that I just want to clear something up. Are you saying that he is like the worst player on the field or he's just the worst relative to what we expect from him? Cuz I, I feel like I that's two different things. I think it's relative, but also he just wasn't really doing much at all. So it's it's yeah. hard for me to to separate that out. I think it is relative because my expect, expectations are so high. And as Matt mentioned, uh, I can't remember if it was Twitter or Slack or whatever, but you said that he's been getting worse each year. And I think that's true. And when he was on Natum's podcast, he was talking like Natum was basically hitting him with like what I'm saying our expectations should be. He's like, dude, you're the highest paid player like in RSL history. Like you think of yourself as being somebody who should be able to succeed in Europe like soon. He's really like going into his prime. So what is he doing to be able to achieve that? Like if he were doing incredible things for us and he got picked up by a European club, I would be happy for him and for what he did for us. But also like I'd be not surprised, but like for what he thinks of himself as and what we should be expecting from somebody that like him, I just I don't see it like at all. Like I don't know what he's getting paid for right now that that like Jason couldn't do or even like some of the Monarchs players that we pulled up like it's just pretty pedestrian I, I think he's good at possessing the ball but I like what else yeah I think that's a fair question I don't yeah I don't know he, Matt, he's a tell luxury me your possession. so so for me he's a luxury possession player um he had a 95 percent passing rate which is great like yeah uh, in a possession system, you need players who can reliably pass the ball. And uh, I, I I appreciate and understand the influence he has there. Um, but we he is not paid like a possession player. Uh, he is paid like a pay, playmaker. Yeah. Um, and, and possession players don't don't usually win you games. Now, Albert scores goals sometimes. If you take away his penalty scores... Um, he does not score many goals, and that for me is one of the one of the big things. Um, I think last year was it. Uh, he had, I believe, it was five assists. 
Yeah, yeah like, we, I, I think we made a pretty big like, deal. Yeah, yeah, I think we made a pretty big deal about his uh, his like key passes or assists or whatever. Yeah, and you know who else had five assists last year? Justin uh, Kyle Beckerman. Oh, Kyle Beckerman. Kyle Beckerman. Nice. Yeah, I think Aaron Aaron might have had one more, like six or something. I don't know. Yeah, and, and I think that it just goes to show that that Albert Rusnak is not it's not a player we can build this team around. And I think putting Matt on the right wing is is sort of Freddie Juarez like tacitly acknowledging that. I think so that, too. That he's not building around around Albert, and that's a big change from what we've seen over the last four years, right? Yeah, like. Demir is scoring all kinds of goals for us. He's playing center forward. He's playing central attacking mid. He can play the six as well. He's scoring goals from outside the box. He's heading balls in. He's playing brilliant passes to our wingers and our forwards. Like, I just don't see that he's like Albert's been playing like kind of the role that we used to have Ned Grabovoy play like that possessor shuttler role that Ned was fantastic at, but he wasn't paid like the playmaker game winner that we pay Albert to be. And especially I, I hate Alejandro Moreno, but he was talking about like where the goal is going to come from RSL this year without uh, Jefferson Saverino, who mm-hmm. won us some very key games last year, like yeah, on, that, his own, right? on his own, where he had a incredible last five minute goals to win the game on two or three occasions. Uh, like, I just don't like there were there were so many times in this those similar in those same games that Jefferson stopped stepped up where Albert was like skying chances like yeah I don't know I just I don't know he just can't really he hasn't produced that like a bit of magic since that one Houston game where he like single handedly won the game in Houston where he scored and earned and won a pen and scored a penalty or whatever it was. And, yeah. and won the game in like the last five minutes. But like, I haven't seen that from him since that game. I don't remember a single moment where I was like, like, Oh, we would have lost that game. If not for Albert, like, or he won us that game. It's just, yeah. it's so frustrating. And and it makes me think that, that maybe there's something deeper going on there. Yeah. We, we know he clearly has the skill to do it. Um, that, that's that what, hasn't yeah, that's changed. what Nathan was telling him. He was like, I think yeah. you are the most talented person on this team. I don't I can't remember if he said, but I don't think you're the like currently the best performing or something. But you can't se- separate that relative like what Tre- Trevor was asking if I thought he was actually bad or if he was relatively bad based on our expectations. And I don't know. But I also like if those expectations are there because of pay and also because of your like your your ceiling, then like that's what we judge on. And yeah. We know, like, I know Corey's role. I'm not, I'm not ever going to be like so, like, mad at Corey for not doing stuff that I would expect Albert to do because they're different players and like our expectations are different. But like, man, I just, it's so pedestrian from Albert, like week to week. So, and I was, so I, I don't like it. One thing that I think we'll need to look out for, and sorry to cut you off there, Trevor, before you got to talk. Um, I think this is now Albert's position to lose on the right wing. If if Justin Miram shows up, um, I don't think Corey Barrett is is in a dropping position right now uh, because yeah. of how he changes the game. Albert right now is maintaining the game, and you need players that help maintain possession, maintain you know tempo. Um, but like. Albert was one of the first non-forced substitutions 
And that yeah. for me says a lot. Trevor, go. I just, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of tack on to what Kyle was saying. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with Kyle directly. I just think that <laughs> you can, that's fine. I no, like I, I just, I'm simply not. I just, I think he's a very good player, obviously. He, and I think the root of our issues with Albert is simply that like he's being paid $2 million. And I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying in that he's just a, playing a smaller role. If we're looking at him to be the goal scorer and the assist guy and to have like 20 goals and 10 assists a season, I don't think the team is trying to have him play that role. I don't think he's trying to play that role. I think we did try. Is the thing I think, I think, I think we last did, year. but I don't think we are anymore. Yeah, like, that's, I yeah, think he I agree. is just moving out to the wing, and he's just a facilitator. He's not going to be the final mm-hmm. ball guy. He's not going to be the goal scorer. He's just a really good, solid winger, midfielder player that's that's versatile enough that with a team like ours that just loves versatility, he fits in that way. And is that yeah. worth $2 million? No, probably not. He probably, we could probably find a player that does that as good as he does for a lot less money. But I just, I think it's a little unfair to say that he's not doing his job. If maybe that's what his job is, is to just be the possession guy, be the facilitator, be the shuttler, be that guy. Cause he's doing a pretty good job of that. But that guy, he's just not a goal scorer, that position on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, so totally. If, but like... if you bring up Demir, um, Demir was never the goal scorer in Germany. Like he scored goals, but he was not the I know. nine or ten He's or playing twelve goal a year. Very different role than he did in Germany. And my yeah. question is, how much of that is because of the role that Albert is playing? I think it's because Albert, or was it just simply because we didn't have a target forward and we just had to put somebody up there, so we put the mirror up there. I feel like it's a lot of those things. It was Mike Pecky being coach. It's us not having an actual center forward, and it's Albert not living up to not be not not taking control of of like his destiny, as it were. (laughs) But like, really, like he could have been that guy, and like I think he he showed potential that he he could have been that guy, but like he's not he theoretically was playing a similar position that we put Javi in. I know we had better players around Javi at the time, but like, I don't know, man. I like, it's, I don't, it's a lot of things. I think that a lot of this is poor timing with Mike Petke playing a really garbage style of soccer, especially to what we're playing now. But like, I don't, I honestly don't know. It's probably all those things. It, It could honestly just be a, everything was poorly timed and like how we handle all of this. That's the big thing for me is, Pecky did not get the most out of Rusnak. I'm willing to blame Rusnak's productivity during Pecky's time, almost entirely on Pecky. Um, and moving on from that, Freddie had what was it, like seven or eight games at the end of last year, and now he's had this season to deal with. So, like, we've gotten glimpses of what Freddie's system is and how Freddie is going to utilize players, but I still don't think we have a good handle on what Freddie wants to do with this team. I don't know yet. Yeah. Because we, we had two so, games this season, then we had four months off and now we've had one game. Yeah. And, I thought we looked good in that, like that home game that we all went to together. I thought we played a really nice style that day. And I think we, we did, we, we drew, right. But like, yeah. there was a lot of like, um, our front three, like moving around a lot, which is like what we saw like, uh, yesterday. 
or God, Sunday. Um, but yeah, no one has to know. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I I agree. Like I think I'm excited to see like what Freddie does because we did play. Matt Doyle said it was the funnest, the most fun soccer he's seen RSL play in years, and I agree. Like we yeah. just looked really sharp and good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what Albert's future is here. Like and the like coronavirus has put a weird wrinkle on everything too. Like a lot of normal yeah. transfers that probably could have taken place or like we're maybe going to like, I don't know what the future is going to look like for any of that or what's going to happen, but I don't know. But anyway, one interesting thing out of all this is I've seen some people talk about Albert as if, you know, he's at an age where he's not yet reached his peak. But I think what we've seen is that if an attacking midfielder is not, forming at a very high level when they're 25, the odds of them getting to 28, 29 when they're statistically at their peak uh, becomes very low. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm curious how that plays out with Albert because we know it's, it's performance related. It's, it's not like ability related. And that for me is really interesting. Yeah. And I, yes. he also plays a wing position internationally. So I honestly, I don't know yeah. what he sees himself as, because he's not like a true winger, but yeah. he's, yeah, it's kind of like a team that would be playing with two um, attacking mids. Like, uh, it is interesting. I don't know. So, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah. let's let's talk Kyle Beckerman real quick. Um, oh yeah, it seems like he picked he picked up a little bit of a knock that day. I think we we mentioned that he was subbed off. I saw people. Matt Doyle was talking about him looking like he was limping off had some knee stuff i don't know if that's true i didn't really notice that but um i saw him holding his knee when he went down but yeah aside from that that's the only thing i have somebody tweeted something about i mean i mentioned it before but i don't and i don't even remember who so maybe this isn't true but somebody tweeted something about how they thought or he said that he was cramping or something like that so i i don't know if it was a knock or a cramp or what it was, but it's the type of scenario playing in Orlando in like 120% humidity at 90,000 degrees as a 45 year old guy, like I could believe cramping or I could believe a knock. <laughs> and either way, yeah. I think that's the kind of thing we're going to have to get used to seeing with Kyle Beckerman this year is him. I don't know if he's getting injured or just getting tired or what, but I don't think yeah. he's going to be playing 90 minutes a whole lot of times this season, especially if this whole season yeah. is going to be in Orlando at 7 a.m. or midnight. <laughs> and so this we, we should mention this is his 21st season starting in MLS. Yes. So, so like he's earned the right. Which, That's fine. Crazy. He doesn't have to play 90 minutes every game. That's I, I completely agree. I, and I honestly thought him going down at that time was a good time for him to be subbed out. Um, I was a little frustrated that, well, we were up 1-0. I was hoping our first sub would be an attacking sub to try to bury Colorado because I really felt like if we didn't score another, we might get caught out. Um, especially just those games where we don't finish chances and it always tends to come back and bite us. But yeah, so I don't know. Hopefully he's not injured, but uh, I would certainly, um, you know, not be sad if he didn't start which let's let's talk minnesota on friday yeah um they they played super off they they were terrible against uh who did they play sporting kansas city kansas city okay kansas city so 
Kansas City was up uh, 1-0. Um, Tim Melia got a red card and <laughs> <laughs> for a tackle outside the box because the MLS is doing double jeopardy now, so there's no PKs and red cards. Um, no, there is. The rules is kind of specific. So the well, it's not specific. If, it's very for like vague. a foul, right? No, so it's the there has to be a a quote genuine attempt on the ball. Okay. In order for it to be able to be double je- or and it yeah, in order for them to not to be get a red like, card. Yeah. It's, so if, so it's, if they make a genuine attempt at the ball, then the denial of goal scoring opportunity doesn't necessarily or doesn't kick in. Doesn't mean it's still a denial of goal scoring, but it's reduced to a yellow in that event. Okay. If it's gotcha. a penalty, right. if it's not a penalty, then that whole thing doesn't apply, which I think is what happened to Melia. Clint Irwin. Oh, yeah. No. So Clint Irwin. Sorry, so Tim Melia. And then Clint Irwin did something similar to uh, to Douglas, but, but instead, it was a penalty, because it so was. Because it was a penalty, mm-hmm. he didn't get the red card yeah. because, and, and in this case, the rule is very vague where it says, or yeah. they interpret it very vague, I guess is, is what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a genuine attempt on the ball and. Irwin was nowhere near the ball, but yeah. he just didn't have time to really react. And so they gave him credit for that. trying to play the ball. He was just really late. Yeah. And yeah. that's the kind of vagueness in the rule that there is. As long as they can justify that he was trying to make a, a genuine play on the ball, then it's yeah. not a red card in the dog. So scenario, but if you're outside the box and that doesn't matter. Yeah. So Tim Melia, like Sporting Kansas City was up one zero. He gets a red card, goes out and then Minnesota United scores and they get an own goal in like the 90 something minute or Sporting Kansas City scored on themselves uh, with an own goal. So then it was tied. And then Kevin Molino uh, ended up scoring a winner in like the 95th minute or something. Weren't they both in stoppage time? Yeah, it was bad. Like, <laughs> Minnesota looked awful, but they somehow seemingly have our number usually. So yeah. I don't know what our and it's MLS. So like, do they still they have just kill us? Do they still have Christian Ramirez or is he at LA now? Uh, I think he's at LA because he oh, was yeah, the reason that back. they destroyed us. Well, and what's his face? Um, the Colombian guy. He's in Houston now. Okay, cool. Who's Ramirez? the other guy? That... In Houston. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's I think weird. you're thinking um, of uh, Quintero. Quintero? Yeah, Dominic, Dominic Quintero. Uh, I think it's he was Jose or Juan too. or something. Anyway, yeah, Quintero. That was a Dominic. Whatever. Jose Juan Dominic Quintero. Isn't it Dominic? <laughs> I think you're thinking of Dominic Oduro, who may what? not be in the league anymore. Oh, I think about yeah, it. I think he may be in USL, right? Uh, no, I think he oh, might it's Darwin. It's Darwin. Dar- okay, so we were both way off. We were close. <laughs> we were both close <laughs> slash way off. He was killing us. I remember that he was Colombian. I just can't remember his first name. Um, he murdered us, dude. He had fifty. He had twenty-one goals in fifty-seven games for Minnesota. That's pretty good. Um, He's the only yeah. guy that scored goals for Minnesota last year. Wait, so. he plays for the Dynamo too. What? Who? What are you talking about? Quintero. He plays for for oh, the maybe. for Houston. Um, Dom Maduro is in Charlotte Independence now. So you know who else is in Charlotte Charlotte. Independence? Just to bring that up, who? Abdullah Mansali. Oh, oh, good for him. Or he used to be. I don't know if he is this year, but he was last year. I don't think he is. I don't think he is now. Currently plays for Charlotte Independence in the USL Championship. What? Yeah. Not according to their roster page. All right, that's fine. That's what I'm looking at his Wikipedia. So. Yeah, I'll look it up. He, this is the podcast where we just look things up, right? We just, just like just, 
Yeah. But yeah, anyway, so I don't know what to expect. Um, I don't think Kyle's going to be starting um, against Minnesota. I think everything else is going to be the same. I think we're probably just going to swipe in Nick Beasler. I would probably, I think I'd be surprised if he tinkers with the forwards at all. Cause I think probably going to try to continue to play with that as the, uh, as the starters going forward. I think he's going to switch the entire forward starting line. Yeah. Really? I think he's probably going to have. Um, I would Rossi and, that, Miram just... and either Johnson or Jason. I would love Jason. Is Ooh. okay. Is Jason still in Utah? That's a question so he... that I don't know the answer to. Jason well, might be, might not be going at all. Might not huh. be in Orlando. You mean? I think he's in Utah still, and I don't know if he's going to Orlando. I I don't know. Freddie, I I should have looked that up, but Freddie said he like wasn't fit, and I think he he was asked to stay home, but I don't You're know. Yeah, I don't know if he's home or if he was asked to stay not at the game, <laughs> like the hotel. I don't know. <laughs> well, my theory um, is just that, like I said, like Freddie's treating this kind of like a preseason thing, and yeah. he's probably just going to do not like massive rotation, but he's going to do a little bit more than usual, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like I said, especially when you have big signings like Rossi and Miram. Like I know I spent first half of this pod talking about maybe they're trash now, but if you have big signings like. I feel like you got to give him a chance to play and this tournament so is a great chance to do that. Yeah. So no, I wouldn't I, be surprised if it's a completely different forward line. I hope so. I I'm too used to Freddie letting me down lineup wise. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I was every day, every game last year, I was just feel like I was mad about uh, Sam not starting or whatever, but yeah, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think that's uh, putting it lightly. Um, we did neglect to mention that the uh, Tim Melia replacement had a pretty great mustache. It looked like Jeb Brofsky when he played for New York City FC. <laughs> I was like, dang, Jeb's a Jeb's a goalie now. Yeah, that mustache was great because he got he got put in, and then um, it was like that that whole sequence took forever. Like. Uh, getting Melia out, getting the new keeper warmed up and then put on the field. And then he, they were like setting up for the free kick that Melia um, gave them. And Minnesota FC was like getting ready to take that free kick. And then when they took it, he just skied it. Like it was like 10 minutes of building up to this free <laughs> kick. He just shot it into the freaking swamp. It was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was just the worst free kick I've ever seen, which was funny after that big long delay. But yeah, they'll probably beat us on Friday, knowing <laughs> knowing MLS because <laughs> they looked so terrible, and like Minnesota just kills us for some reason. I hate it. Yeah, that's fair. Anyway, so um, we didn't talk about this one item on the agenda. I wrote, which was um, did you wrote, just who should barely play? put something? That. No, oh, it's been there the whole time. Why Kyle Beckerman should start. <laughs> All right, tell us why. But, no, I don't actually think you should start. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I think we skipped it because it's not a good thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. ever. <laughs> I mean, I think you should start occasionally. If he starts I'm... half the games, I think we're in a good spot. Oh, okay. I, I, sorry, I this is under that. the RSL versus Minnesota header. There's a bullet yeah. point under that. So, are we talking about that <laughs> yeah. game? Or are we talking about should Kyle continue to be a starter on this team just in game. the future? Vaguely, <laughs> just that game. It was just me poking a little bit at, at Kyle mostly. Well, no, he shouldn't start this game, but thank you, Trevor, for defending my honor. <laughs> like, 
Eve is there to piss me off, and it didn't work because you <laughs> shielded me. Dove in front of the bullet. That was great. I would never want to actually piss you off, Kyle. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Trevor, on the other hand, you know. Yeah. We know. (laughs) So, uh, so I don't know if there's too much more to say about the Minnesota United game. It's it it exists, and we'll get there. Maybe there's a lot of time between now and then, and the bubble is weird, and. MLS is weird and it's combining in some interesting ways. So is hard to predict too much. What right? day is today? Today's Tuesday and the game's on Friday? Yeah, Saturday? We have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to have a positive case pop up in the league and everything go haywire. So, well, how long have the teams yeah. like actually been in the bubble now? Has it been two weeks? It hasn't been two uh, weeks. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Um, Toronto FC came in the bubble like last, you know, oh, like four days ago. Less than a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we'll just, you know, cross our fingers, hold our breath. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anyone wants any of these players to contract the disease that, yeah, you know, they may not recover from. Yeah. And uh, that's terrifying. Yeah. It's, it's not good, especially when that's like, your livelihood and whole life stuff you've built your life doing. So, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, you cannot be professional podcasters like us. You can't, you know, this takes an incredible (laughs) set of lungs, uh, Mm. patience and, uh, what else does this require? I don't, uh, Um, microphones, USB microphones. Yeah. Um, I will say it's, it's fun to talk soccer. It's nice to watch soccer again. Um, yeah. At what cost? That's. I don't we're know. A, we're about to find out, Matt. Yeah. And you know the potential cost is very high, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Uh, I think we've seen that MLS's protocols are not great, um, not conducive to people. You know, obeying rules. But yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the protocols. The pro- I mean, like the USL thing, the protocols are like fine in theory on paper, but like in practice, it there's a lot of things that were really poorly thought out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you think about like like we know generally being outside is is generally safe, um, that type of thing. But like logistically, we're getting that many people to a location, and like you thinking about like bathrooms and eating and like all those different things that go into them actually being on the field playing soccer probably really isn't it's not going to be the the like the actual games themselves aren't the contact areas it's going to be like just existing and living in in the bubble and like all those little things so like i mean i'm also grateful we get to see soccer i i just get concerned and like worried yeah. about like i mean i don't know those things are Having that many people together is just a, a lot to, lot to, well, and a lot one of potential of the, issues. But yeah, and, and one of the big things that I don't remember who it was, but somebody was pointing out the difference between like NWSL and MLS. Um, I mean, obviously there were a lot of differences in the way that the whole thing was organized and the way that the teams traveled and people opting in and out and that whole thing, and when teams arrived because that was one of the big things with MLS is like teams were arriving at like completely different times. There were some teams that were there for like two weeks before their first game. And there were some teams that were there for like three days before their first game. And some teams came there with 
um, players that had that tested positive like immediately upon arrival, which means that they had it before, so they brought it with them. And that was kind of the case with Dallas and Nashville. Um, but one of the big things to consider about the NWSL right now, they're still going through all their testing and they're not getting any new positive cases. And the Premier League is kind of doing the same thing. They had some positive cases at the beginning, but once you kind of get past that two week, two and a half week window where like everybody's been there and with all the testing that they're doing and the isolation and everything, it seems like yeah. at that point, it suddenly becomes a lot safer because then you are actually there. Totally. And yeah, as long as like people aren't actually breaking the bubble, yeah, exactly, and going out, yeah, and it is fine. Yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's hard because like they're all in isolation away from their families and can't go home at all. But like, yeah, like theoretically, it's a lot safer than you know players coming in and out. Yeah, yeah. and that was U.S. style style. Yeah, riding yeah. a bus, putting yeah. them on a bus to well, two states away. That's what I forgot. Yeah. But I went back and looked at it. That's what happened to Nashville. That was they put everybody on a bus and for something, I think to go to a game, but then that's when they found out that they had like four positive tests Mm -hmm. and they weren't sure what the next step was. So they just left the entire team on the bus for like four or five (laughs) hours. And then like within two or three days, like four or five more people tested positive. Yeah. To to the airport. Yeah. Yeah. It was on the way to the airport. And then they still came and that was still a mess. And geez. Yeah. There was, there's a lot of things about this tournament that, were bad ideas and they were called out as bad ideas and there was bad implementation and bad enforcement, a lot of it, but we're not there yet, but we're kind of getting to the point where it, it might actually be, I don't want to say safe, safe, but yeah, safer. It's probably yeah. the safest it could be here in about a, like a few days. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah. uh, I mean, in any case, like I like, I like watching soccer and talking about it with my friends. But at yeah. the same time, Florida got 15,000 positive cases the other day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It, Florida so has, in, yeah, just insane numbers. And also, like, people in Florida are waiting days at a time, like three to seven days for their test results or more. And MLS players are getting them back and NBA players are getting them back the same day. So. Yeah. I mean, but the other part of that conversation is like, yeah, they're getting them back, but as like, what is it? False positives, false negative, false positives that we get. Like they, if they get a positive or a presumptive positive, like they've got to test negative like two or three times before they consider it good. And part of the reason why is because as we've seen, there's been so many false positives and that could be a result of them getting tests back in 24 hours. Instead of waiting the three or seven days, but anyway, yeah, this whole tournament was kind of a silly idea and it's silly that they're doing it and there's no real good way to do it. So yeah. So like, it's fun to watch soccer, but at the same time, like at what cost? Like it's, this whole thing's ridiculous, but that's life right now. Well, it is life right now. Yep. And Yeah. I think that's I think that's all about about it on the soccer front. But I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to dazzle a little bit of uh, political news in here. Are you guys ready for this? Uh-oh. Yes. What? Kanye, Kanye West is officially dropped out of the presidential race. So that was a good week. He had. He wasn't but then, does, in the presidential of, race. Hey, guys. I know. <laughs> it was all, but he's dropped out, though. Kyle, it was a tweet. Then, he just sent a tweet. That's not how you yeah, run for president. That's why I thought people. 
that's why I thought it was so funny. People were actually mad at him. You're going to split the vote. It's like, you really think <laughs> Kanye is running for president. But also. Like he missed um, the filing deadline by like several months. Yeah, absolutely. He couldn't have been on the <laughs> ballot. Great. He could have been on the ballot in like uh, Guam, I think. But um, and then secondly, I just think this is funny because of his name. It's kind of funny. But oh, uh, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Sessions was running for Senate or something in his Republican primary. He lost to football coach Tommy Tuberville. So, oh, yeah. Tommy so Tuberville thought, down in Alabama, who is challenging. What's his face? The Democrat down there. Doug Jones. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, yeah, uh, I listened to NPR Tom, this morning. Don't Tommy worry about Tuber, it. Tommy Tumor. Tommy, Tommy <laughs> Tuberville. Toby, Toby, Toby Tumerville. Dang. Can we just record anyway, an hour podcast of you trying to pronounce Tommy Tuberville? Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Anyway. Tuberville. That's 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 all I got tonight, boys. It's it's a late one. Yeah. You guys should probably go to bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You've got to keep your health up. It is past Sorry, my yeah. bedtime, so... All right, guys. It's been it's been a delight. I can't wait to talk about another RSL game that has happened next week. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to bed. All right. Good night, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye.